0: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. It seems like just yesterday we got the news that a beautiful young girl, 22 year old Gabrielle Gabby Petito's body was found out in a dispersed camping area far, far away from home. But where was her boyfriend? The fiance that she traveled across the country with vlogging, video blogging, the whole way about the van life. If you haven't looked at those vlogs, they're incredible. She's really talented. Wow. He comes home in her van with all of her stuff using her credit cards, but no Gabby. In the last days, a stunning development in the case of Gabby Petito, missing, then discovered, murdered. Her family has now sued the family of so-called fiancé Brian Laundrie, saying they aided and abetted him while hiding the evidence from Gabby's parents as they desperately tried to find their daughter. I mean, when I go pick up the twins at school, when they start being 5, 10, 15 minutes late, I get out of the car and I go looking for them. Uh, children have disappeared on school playgrounds and school areas. Can you imagine what Gabby Petito's parents went through as they called and they called and they texted and they emailed Laundry's parents and then they find out the worst? Laundry's home? Gabby's van is parked in the driveway. But no Gabby. How do you think they felt when they find out the laundries take Brian laundry on a camping trip? They go camping and they what? Sit around the campfire and have s'mores? But no Gabby? Nobody said, "Hey, where's Gabby?" Can you imagine that feeling? in their gut, in their mind, in their heart, when her cell phone goes straight to voicemail every single time, and they know, but yet they don't know? I don't even want to think about it. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and SiriusXM 111. You know, I used to tell that to juries. All the years I tried felony cases, you can't turn away. You cannot turn away from the truth. It is our duty to look at the truth and determine what is just. Joining me, an all star panel to make sense of what we know right now. But first, I want you to listen to our cut one from ABC 7.
1: Two heartbroken families now taking the battle to court. More than six months after the murder of Gabby Petito, her parents, Joseph Petito and Nicole Schmidt, are now suing Brian Laundrie's family. The civil lawsuit filed in Florida on Thursday alleges Brian's parents, Christopher and Roberta Laundrie, knew their son had murdered Gabby on or around August 28th of last year. Patito and her fiancé left New York early July in a van to travel the country. After several weeks of visiting National parks. Brian returned to Florida in the van without Gabby. When he refused to cooperate with authorities, suspicion turned to him, and then he went missing. His remains were found weeks later. Think about it.
0: We believe Gabby was killed August 28. Her body was not found until September 19. Think about all that time the family was left hanging Blow it in the wind, wondering where is their beautiful girl. With me, an all star panel to make sense of what we know right now and bringing you the very latest on this lawsuit and what, if anything, we will learn in court. First of all, a California prosecutor, author of Red Flags, Wendy Patrick. She's a star of Today with Dr. Wendy KCBQ, and you can find her at wendypatrickphd.com. Renowned psychologist joining us out of Manhattan, Karen Stark. You can find her at karenstark.com. That's Karen with a C. Cheryl McCollum, founder and director of the Cold Case Research Institute, forensic specialist. And you can find her at coldcasecrimes.org. Professor Forensics, Jacksonville State University, author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon, is star of a brand new, another brand new hit series. This is Body Bags with Joseph Scott Morgan on iHeart. But first, to senior correspondent, special guest joining us, Fox News, Laura Engel. Laura, does it never end with the laundries? Does it never end? I mean, don't you think... That at some point they would have held out an olive branch for Pete's sake and said, "Listen, we're gonna fi- we're gonna fly to your place this weekend. I know you hate us right now, but let us tell you our side of what happened, what we knew when we knew it, what we thought we knew, what we didn't know, to set your heart at rest. Can they not do that? And if not," Why not, Laura Engel? You know what? It's been months later. Hi, Nancy. You know, we knew that this was
2: coming. We knew that the family members of Gabby Petito, the parents, uh, the two sets, were going to be filing a lawsuit. And last week, uh, it was finally put down in black and white. It is a civil lawsuit filed against uh, Chris and Roberta Laundrie. Um, And while there is not a ton of evidence listed in the civil lawsuit, about what they knew and when they knew it in terms of just the detail. They do lay out the dates uh, that it is believed that on or about August 28th, Brian Laundry advised his parents that he had murdered Gabrielle Petito. And on that same date, Chris Laundry and Roberta Laundry spoke with their attorney, Steve Bertolino, and sent him a retainer just a few days later, September second and when you go through this lawsuit you're right Nancy you you think about you're reminded of the dates of the timing of the pacing of when the couple was last seen out west when Brian Laundrie returned to Florida in Gabby's van without her and then that radio silence that broke everyone's heart as everyone stood outside of the Laundrie's home saying where is Gabby do you know something well this lawsuit you know states in black and white the civil lawsuit asking for damages that they knew and that they did not share that information and we remember i was at the press conference for gabby petito's parents when uh rick stafford came out and and read a statement saying we beg you to tell us as a parent how could you let us go through this pain and not help us and you know i think that the other thing that we kind of surmised from this lawsuit is that these, this family, if they knew, and it appears that they did rolled the dice and said, we're not going to say anything because I I was in Wyoming when Gabby was found. Mm -hmm. I went to that campground where her body. I remember that was. And and so, and it was, it was beautiful. And the the trees had just turned, but it turned really cold and icy and snowy very, very soon after. So you've got to think Did everybody on the laundry side think that if they just stayed quiet long enough, maybe she would not be found? Wait a minute.
0: Wait a minute. You just gave me an idea, Laura Engel. First of all, talking to you is like drinking from a fire hydrant. It's just so much information (laughs) at once. I couldn't even write the notes fast enough. I know everybody on the panel has a ton of questions for you, too. But the idea you just gave me, I want to know where we're getting the date, August 28th, that that's the day We believe Brian Laundrie told his parents, I murdered Gabby. And I can guarantee you, technical legal term, that that's not what he said. He didn't say, I beat her, I bludgeoned her head, then I strangled her until she died. No, no, no. He probably made up some BS about, oh, she said this, and then she hit me, and I hit her back, and oh, she fell and hit her head on a rock and died. It's going to be some total cockamamie crap like that. Okay, but you told me August 28th, and I'm assuming we're divining, what? It's on page three of the, it's on page three. I was about to say, I'm assuming you're divining that from the document, but you gave me an idea. stories with Nancy Grace. Wendy Patrick California prosecutor how often have we seen people be, like Sherry Pepini P- 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 right now who is been charged with a false claim that she had been kidnapped and um, all the money about a quarter of a million dollars to search for her when she was shacked up at her old boyfriend's place the whole time really? Think about it. If the laundries knew, if it could be proven, the laundries knew Gabby was dead and they let law enforcement and all of the personnel involved, the U.S. Marshals, the FBI, the local law enforcement at uh, Northport, the the law enforcement at the Grand tetons everybody searching, how much did that cost? And the whole time they knew she was dead and they knew where could they be prosecuted
3: Yes, no. In a nutshell, Wendy Patrick. I think yes. And I think that what you're going to find out with this civil lawsuit might yield the type of evidence that criminal authorities might use to build their own case. If they knew something at a time when they could have prevented further harm, when they could have prevented further expense, when they could have spared law enforcement the time and resources. Think about the resources that were expended looking for Gabby if they knew she was dead. Now, on the other side of that, you could argue, well, what exactly did they know? And I think you cued that up nicely. What did Brian actually say? The lawsuit mentions text messages back and forth. And oh. that's going to be an important piece of evidence. You're right about that. What, if anything, they could face criminally?
1: Okay, Cheryl McCallum, I hear you trying to jump in. Go. Oh, my gosh. The thing that just drives me insane the additional element of waiting the 13 days, right? And then the additional eight days before she's actually found. Nancy, the amount of evidence that could have been lost, may have been lost. She She's out in the elements. There's going to be animal activity. There's going to be weather. Why do you say
0: animal activity? You and Joe Scott because Morgan both do that. Wait a minute. Let's okay. just say what it really is. Okay. And it tastes like dirt. But animal activity. All right. That reminds me on a hike. I just took the twins on, and we were bird spotting and looking for animals. Mm -hmm. What you're talking about is Gabby's body lying Mm -hmm. out in the elements, the Tetons, and animals ripping her body apart and chewing on her and gnawing on her. That's what we're talking about. That is what the Gabby Petito family has to live with 24-7 Every day of the year. I mean, that's
1: what we're talking about. All right. So let's just say what it is, Cheryl McCollum. You're absolutely right. And there is nothing more repugnant and vile, the in my opinion. of hell.
0: That's what I'm saying. Correct. The
1: gates Agreed.
0: of hell for letting her family live through that. And now they got to live the rest of their lives. They got to know that's what happened to their girl.
1: That's right. Ask After- She was brutally murdered by the very person that was supposed to be taking care of her. And the most, again, repugnant and vile and straight devil when Roberta Laundrie blocked Gabby's mama's phone number and then blocked her on social media. Oh, I forgot about that, Laura Engel that uh, the Launders actually
0: blocked Gabby's family from trying to contact them. Is that true? It is.
2: It is true. It is, uh, that is what we have uh, read about in the reports. We've talked to them, and, and, and it goes back to that desperation of that time frame that we're talking about of begging them and to, to think of that. And go back in your mind of the news coverage, the bike riding, the mowing of the lawn, taking trips to the store, the camping trip all of that and when you think about what's in this civil lawsuit about how he it is believed that he confessed to his parents and you're right nancy like we don't know exactly what was said we don't know if he detailed it and mom and dad it was an accident i don't know what to do i'm scared i'm coming home we don't know what was said but what we may learn eventually is if this does go to a trial and we do get some depositions and we do see the phone records that have not been made public yet if we do learn The exact times of when Brian was talking to his parents, Um, the attorney for the laundry says, look, I never talked to Brian Laundrie. I never spoke to him. But what if Brian Laundrie was talking to his dad and Bertolino was talking to the mom? And let's just say, for argument's sake, that everybody was on speakerphone. You know what I mean? So there's going to be more information that will be coming forth.
0: I think there's something hard, Laura Engel. I think there's something hard. If the documents say AUG-28, they've got hard evidence of that. Is it a wiretap? Is it a text? Is Mm -hmm. it an email? And hey, happened again, Laura Engel, drink from the fire hydrant. Karen Stark, did you hear (laughs) Laura Engel? And this is a hypothetical. We're talking about what he told his parents. And I said, I can guarantee you he didn't say, hey, I murdered Gabby and left her body out there to be torn apart by animals. He probably said some BS story about... She hit me, then I pushed her, and she hit her head on a rock or a tree, she died. Just like that. Of course, that's a lie, but wait a minute. Uh, Laura Engel says, well, what if he said something like, Mom, Dad, I'm upset. Gabby died, and I'm so upset, I don't know what to do. He's not so upset he didn't stuff his pie hole the way, whole way home, thousands of miles, on Gabby's credit card. You think he felt bad when he drove through Burger King? And had it his way, or is that McDonald's? Yeah, it's, it's Burger King. What about that? He wasn't so upset he couldn't eat. He left a trail a mile wide on her credit card and her debit card. Nancy, he
2: also, on August 30th, remember he sent a text message from Gabby's cell phone Ugh.
1: to exactly. Gabby's mom right.
2: and saying no service in Yosemite in an effort to make. Her
0: mother believed that she was still alive. You're so right, Laura Engel. He's not upset. He's upset like a snake after it bites you. about the grandfather. Go ahead, Karen, start. Jump in. He didn't
2: just, he sent texts pretending that he was her. He was so
1: upset that he was able to go home and be with mommy and daddy. And Nancy, when you think about this, when you think about how hard it is to lose a child, to parents, It's something that you never get over. It's not the way it's supposed to be. And then on top of that, it's hard enough to imagine your child dead, let alone being eaten by animals, being abandoned. And there is no doubt in my mind that he said she provoked him. Oh,
0: no doubt in my mind at all.
1: No doubt.
0: Guys, in the last hours, a bombshell in the Gabby Petito case. Gabby's family has filed a lawsuit against fiance Brian Laundry's family, claiming they aided and abetted Laundry. They knew Gabby had been killed and not only refused to tell Gabby's parents but actually block them so they couldn't make any inquiries as to where was their girl. Take a listen to our cut three, our friends from Fox 13.
4: Parents of the young woman who lived such a colorful life i here like this for a while. are trying to avenge her death by putting in black and white the horrible details of what they went through. The allegations contained within... This the four corners of this complaint are salacious in arguing that the Laundries quote knew they could alleviate at least in part such mental suffering and anguish the Petitos said they believe that on August 28th Laundry while still in Wyoming advised his parents he had murdered Gabby but as the lawsuit points out for several weeks the Laundries not only refused to talk to the Petitos they put out statements saying they hope she could be found alive if they did what is alleged In the four corners of this complaint, the laundry family acted with indecency. They acted not as humans. This girl was part of their family. The Laundries were accused for weeks by protesters of not being forthcoming.
0: Guys, I'm looking at the lawsuit uh, that has been filed right now. Joe Scott Morgan, professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University, and star of body bags with Joseph Scott Morgan.
5: Jump in, Joe Scott. Hey, you know, uh, Nancy, one of the things that comes to me, I'm kind of listening back toward laundry's remains whoa, whoa and, listening back no listing oh listening okay back, go ahead, go
0: ahead. Uh,
5: yeah sorry uh yeah so uh going back to to brian laundry you know one of the things i'm thinking about is there's so much deception i think that goes along with where his you know his his location throughout this whole thing the the car you you remember we we reflect back to how did he mm-hmm. wind up out there where did he go you remember how much time we spent speculating Ugh. about where he may have gone and you know I'm I, I was
0: speculating Scott Morgan I call it <laughs> analyzing the evidence that we okay. knew at the well, time yeah well, yeah I, know. I mean people were saying
5: Mexico all these other things and there is a there's a, a thread that runs through this of deception and it, it it's not surprising relative to you know when we look at what happened to Gabby and his his murder of her and then moving forward what happened to him coming back to his parents i'm thinking you know what is it that they haven't told us about him and his activities you know when i looked over the the and the report that we got back was absolutely voluminous. I mean, it just goes on and on and on relative to his body. I don't know that in my memory I've seen one quite uh, this inclusive of everything. You know, they report that he was last seen on the 13th. They didn't fill out this missing persons report until like the 17th Mm -hmm. of September. Mm -hmm. And he was so far gone by the time the authorities got out there they could not actually pin down – this is the forensic anthropologist – could not actually pin down a specific time of death. As I mean, They had of fact, to get DNA
0: her, to uh, positively yeah, they, identify they did, him. and
5: they were able to recover that. But, Nancy, to give you an idea, the best she could do in one of her calculations was – now get this – anywhere from 47 days to, two, to 672 days as an estimation of postmortem interval. Yeah. That's how far gone he was. And I still have a major question, again, about this gunshot wound he sustained. He is right hand dominant. This is a left handed uh, entrance wound that we have that has been validated by not just the forensic anthropologist but also the forensic pathologist. And where in the hell did this revolver come from? Who belo- who did it belong to? What what's you know what's the genesis of it? And I don't think that that's been thoroughly addressed as well.
1: Well, I think you're absolutely correct. What about it, Cheryl McCullum? I agree 100, percent, and I have the same feeling about this notebook and his alleged confession. I don't think it's a confession when they craft uh, please, wording. Please, it's probably going to be drawings of unicorns and yeah, the, uh, you know, bizarre and drawings and skulls he and crossbones and writing his name over ability. and over. That's that's very different. Like as a parent. If your child is riding a bike and fall, you might feel responsible that they got hurt because you couldn't protect them in that moment, but you didn't cause it. You're not going to confess that you're the reason they've got a skinned up knee. Excuse me, what does that have to do with this? Because you can take responsibility, but that's not a confession. If Jackie cusses out a guest, you may apologize and take responsibility for it, but you're not confessing that you cussed anybody out. That was Jackie. That word bothers me. I have seen no confession. I I agree. I
0: agree. I understand what you're saying. And I want to go back to the lawsuit that has just been filed. Did you see to Laura Engel, special guest joining us, Fox News correspondent, senior correspondent, Laura, and specifically in paragraph 31 in civil lawsuits, mm-hmm. various courses of action sometimes can take several sentences to explain And typically, each paragraph, it can be one sentence, it can be five sentences, is numbered. This is number 31. Do you see that? Do you see what that says about... Christopher and Roberta Laundrie's behavior, explain. You know, they say and to go back a page and this is the number thirty one. Atrocious. It's utterly intolerable.
2: But but let me let me tee this up because if you go back one page in item twenty five, yep. they write on September fourteenth, with full knowledge that Gabrielle Petito had been murdered by their son. The laundry lawyer put out a statement saying it is our understanding that a search has been organized for Ms. Petito in or near Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. On behalf of the laundry family, it is our hope that the search for Ms. Petito is successful and that Ms. Petito is reunited with her family. That's September 14th. And as you go down to, to fast forwarding to knowing what happened, they write in the lawsuit, Christopher Laundry and Roberta Laundry exhibited extreme and outrageous conduct which constitutes behavior under the circumstances which goes beyond all possible bounds of decency and is regarded as shocking, atrocious, and utterly intolerable in a civilized community. Who could blame them? Well, who could blame them? I mean, you know, you think about the timeline and, you know, if all of this is true, and if they knew those details and then they put out a statement, sure, we hope that she's found, and they knew where she was, it just makes your stomach turn.
1: But Nancy, we can prove they knew it on September 10th. When her daddy went to their house and knocked on the door and they wouldn't even come to the door, he had to put out in front of God and country on social media. I'm going to the police. If you don't tell me something. So then he goes to the police on September the 11th. They knew it. They knew it. Yeah. And they acted well, in one accord. I think I might
0: be able to one up you. I'm not sure. Okay. Put this in your pipe and smoke it, Cheryl McCollum. You ready? I'm ready. On that day, August 28th, that's the day Christopher and Roberta Laundrie speak with attorney Steve Bertolino. Suddenly, that's the day. They go, whoa, whoa, what? we need a criminal lawyer. And then they follow up about two days later with a retainer. That's right. Now, as I always say, there is no coincidence in criminal law. So, Wendy Patrick, what about it? California prosecutor? that's the day they decide they need a high power criminal defense attorney who, P.S., great criminal defense attorneys are usually not seen or heard outside the courtroom. They don't want to be stars in their own right on TV
3: or this or that. Have you ever noticed that? wendy patrick that's true and it's also true that uh in this case the fact that they spoke on august 28th is going to be so important for the timeline because guess what two days later on august 30th is when laundry apparently sent an additional text from petito's phone to schmidt saying there was no service in yosemite Mm -hmm. park in an effort Mm -hmm. leaving her to believe gabby was still alive so that's after the 28th when the lawyer is hired and so when you look at the what would fuel this lawsuit, that's a huge point.
0: Well, what, really, just, it's just, think about
3: it, Laura Engel, think
0: about it. So he gets home, they know Gabby's dead, and they go for a campout. The family right. goes on a little trip, and camps out, they sit around the campfire, they grill out, they eat. Other people at the campground, remember it's DeSoto campgrounds? See them? Yeah. What? I was I was talking about this this morning, about
2: the, uh, you know, about Brian being seen walking, walking around. Um, we know that the sister was there. Now, did they go camping to try and kind of come together as a family and say, what are we going to do? But it doesn't look like it. From the pictures and from the stories that we've heard
0: uh, from people who saw them there, it looked like they were genuinely going more to angle? camp. Can And I bring this up only when I'm projecting, but... Laura, I remember when my fiancé was murdered. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I lost down to 89 pounds. The smell of food made me sick. Just to smell it. I remember the first thing I, I finally ate or consumed was a glass of orange juice. It was the first thing that did not make me literally nauseous after Keith's murder. So how... And the h e double l is this family knowing that Gabby is dead and being torn apart by animals out in the rain lying there on the dirt how could they go to a camp out? how could they do that there's no explanation
2: there's none I there no but none 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 of us on this panel nobody listening could even imagine doing what they did right if if they knew and it looks like they did how could you you're absolutely right and it is a it is a point that i believe that petito schmitz will hope will come out in court they want to get to a courtroom because there's more there's more information that obviously wasn't released by the fbi that wasn't released in the investigation people Mm -hmm. want to know more and if they can and if they can push the civil lawsuit and get into that next level this is a first volley and by the way I called the FBI today and I was outside of the field office in Tampa in January when they said, you know, we're bringing the family together. We're sharing all the information with them that we possibly can give them right now. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, okay, the case is closed. U S attorney's office, grant Teton uh, attorney's office closed their case because the debit card that was fraud, he's dead. They've got to close the case. But you know what's interesting when I talked to the FBI today, I said, is this case closed and they said, not officially. What does that mean? And what is that uh, what does that allow them to do? Is it is it because is it truly because there's paperwork left to be filed, which is what they told me,
0: or do they have is, the same questions that, that Joe Scott Morgan and Cheryl McCollum have about right. the injury, the gunshot wound to Laundrie's head, we think, to the left side when he is right handed and the Origin of the handgun he used or allegedly used to kill himself, the deception and the hiding. Add to that the layer of the parents going straight out to the body. They hadn't been out in uh, that area, Carlton Reserve, 45 minutes. You remember that, Cheryl McCollum?
5: And oh, they go straight
0: to the body, and then straight a cop cu- comes up and shows them. I think it was the dry pack or something found near Brian Laundry's body, and they're like, "Mm hmm." There is right. and- no emotion. I can remember again projecting. I remember testifying in court at uh, Keith's murder trial, and I remember coming down off the witness stand. It was tall, up uh, equal. My head was equal to the judge's head, and you'd go down some steps and then turn and go down some more steps, and I was walking out, and I walked by counsel table and looked over and saw Keith's bloody denim shirt for the first time since I saw him drive away that morning before he was killed. Think about it. When the cops showed the laundry, those I- the laundries, those items, it's on video.
1: They just stood there. There was really no reaction at all. Mama was holding the bag. Mama had the dry bag in her hands, standing there on that pathway. And again, that's the bag that held this notebook that allegedly has this confession in it. I've said all along the suggestion
0: that they planted evidence was far-fetched. But now I know the level of deception that has been alleged by the Petito family against them. What are they capable of concealing,
1: Cheryl McCollum? Nancy, they allowed their son to use a dead girl's debit card to get his sorry ass home to help formulating some plan of how to save his behind from what he had done. And I've said from the beginning on your show, they knew it. They knew it all along. I've said even the sister knew it. There is no way that she went to that campsite for the day and didn't ask, how's Gabby? Where's Gabby? What's going on with Gabby? Everybody had to have known this is odd. For him to have come home the second time, remember, he flew home before on August 17th. Mm -hmm. So now he's back again. That's weird. You're on the trip of a lifetime and you won't quit coming home to your mama. That's weird. So there's no way she knew it, didn't know it. There's no way she didn't have them calling her phone, too, because her mama said they tried to get her. Then there ain't no way she missed it on social media and the local news. You know, that whole story, Laura
0: Engel, about him coming home, it's not a story. He did fly home in the middle of the trip and leave Gabby alone. And I've always, the moment I heard that, I went, whoa, 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 What? And I believe I was speaking to one of Gabby's family members. I said, is that true? And they would not confirm it or deny it. And and their answer was they were told by police not to discuss it, which means it's true or something like it is true.
3: I think he went home. He went
2: home to he flew home. and, And what's so weird about it is that they were tied on, not tied on money, but they were watching their pennies. Right. They were really conscious of their money. And so but they took the time to, he took the time to fly home to clear out a storage unit. That was the story, that he was going to clear out a storage unit, and then returned back, and that was to to Utah, I believe, or Salt Lake City. Um, so it, we're just not clear on what that was about. That's still unknown, and hopefully will be known if this can get into a courtroom. I hey, what is really
1: happening there? Jump in. You're going to spend $500 on an airline ticket to shut down a $100. You know, right. storage room, Mm-mm. come on now. I come know, on. that has always been way off.
0: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, for those of you just joining us, a bombshell development in the Gabby Petito case. The fiance, so-called fiance, Brian Laundrie, who is now known to have killed Gabby Petito, murdered her, bludgeoned her, strangled her, and left her body to decompose in the elements. Her family is now suing his family, claiming they knew for a long time that Gabby was dead and refused to tell the parents anything. In fact, thwarting law enforcement and the family as well. Take a listen to
4: our cut for our friends at Fox 13. Police in Northport said they'd not gotten cooperation as to whether they knew anything about where Gabby was. But the Laundries did tell police Brian had not returned from the reserve where he was eventually found dead. But the new lawsuit alleges the Laundries had been making arrangements for Brian to leave the country. Their family attorney denied the allegations, saying the lawsuit does not change the fact that the Laundries had no obligation to speak to law enforcement or any third party, including the Petito family. This fundamental legal principle renders the Petito's claim to be baseless under the law. We have a legal system where people are punished civilly for not cooperating with criminal investigations. The lawsuit does not say how the Petitos learned of the facts they allege, but they did have several meetings with investigators, including at the Tampa FBI office after the investigation was closed. The Petito family attorney said there were multiple conversations between Brian, his parents, and their lawyer before he left Wyoming August 30th. So, Joe Scott Morgan,
0: we weren't half wrong, right? because they were trying to get him out of the country. Exactly what we had thought was going on.
5: Yeah, push, push, push. I, You know, I I had all kinds of ideas, you know, back then, thinking about how could they facilitate Remember when they were at that camping area, you know, I think a couple of us had thought that maybe by water. You know, how, how are you going to get him out of the reach of the U.S. authorities to get him spirited off somewhere? We were thinking about, you know, him leaving with gobs of cash so that he could fall off of the radar relative to using any kind of credit cards, which, of course, he had stolen Gabby's and utilized it uh, and just, you know, go abroad with, with U.S. currency and try to make that happen. But how do you make that happen? I think that that's one of the big problems here when you have somebody that is not sophisticated, in a way that crim that criminals work, you know they they don't know, you know how how are we going to get him away from all of this trouble? And at the end of the day, and at the end of the day, they knew where his body was. I, I'm I'm very curious as to what that final conversation was like with him. You know, did did he actually did he actually tell them, you know, mom, dad, I think I'm just going to go out here and end it, and I'm going to tell you specifically where it was. Think about what Max said and what you said. Within 45 minutes, Nancy, in this vast area, and it is vast. 25,000 acres. Yeah. And where, by the way, let me remind everybody we've forgotten about this group of people. They've put all of the searchers at risk out here alligators, snakes, dehydration for days, for days. And they put these people out there at risk and they walk right to the body and all of this evidence. And Nancy, I got to say one more thing. The most striking piece of evidence to me, and it's just the old death investigator in me, out, out of everything, you know, we had skeletal remains. We had this weapon that we had talked about. But one of the things that just made me want to bite the head off a 10-penny nail is that out there at that scene, they found adjacent to his body a red ball cap. You know what that red ball cap said? It said Moab Roasters. I wonder where he bought that. Out of all the hats he could have chosen, that's the one that he picked up as he was walking out that door for the final time. And he went out there and he took that hat. And I think that hat left out there was a great big old screw you to everybody. That's what I
0: think. That's where he was caught beating Gabby, out on the street, as we all know. Uh, You know, to Laura Engel, senior correspondent, Fox News, joining us, Laura, I believe that in point number 14, paragraph number 14, the date is pinpointed of the murder being August 27th. I wonder if that's because that's the last day that her mother, Nicole Schmidt, spoke with her. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Uh,
2: I do believe it's that. And it also coincides with their sightings. Um, And remember, the Moab incident happens. That's been so widely watched with the, the police body cam footage. But then they make their way. in Jackson. I went to this place. It's the Mary Piglets and it's uh, Mm a restaurant that it was the last known public sighting. And we don't know what happened. And we've been trying to get our hands on any security footage of this restaurant, but there was some kind of a fight, some kind of an altercation between Brian and Gabby, uh, an argument. Uh, They were last seen. And so, and I, and I stood there. So you're standing at the restaurant and you look down the long road, and down that long road is where the campground was. So they were at this restaurant, they have an argument, they get in the car, the van, they go down to the campground, they turn in, they set up camp, then, you know, the other bloggers spot the van, which helped us locate where they were. Um, but it's it's that last those are the last moments. There was something going on on that date, on August twenty seventh, during the day, and then and then it was later that night that that's when they believe and and there's forensics involved here too and in terms of her body where she was found how she was found that it all ties together that august 27th is the date that she died
0: i want you to listen to our cut 11 this is jb you know wfla news channel 8 listen to this
1: point number 25 on September 14, 2021, with full knowledge that Gabrielle Petito had been murdered by their son, Christopher Laundrie and Roberta Laundrie, through their lawyer, issued the following statement. Quote, unquote, it is our understanding that a search has been organized for Miss Petito in or near Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming on behalf of the Laundry family. It is our hope that the search for Miss Petito is successful and that Miss Petito is reunited with her family. Point number 29 and point number 30.
0: As Laura Engel told us full knowing their son had murdered Gabby. They give a public statement. Wow, I hope they find her. I just can't wait till this goes to a jury. We wait as justice unfolds. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend.